What's up, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Frame Skip Podcast. I am one of your hosts for the evening, Elijah Hangman Steele. And with me is Austin Phoenix Eller. He always leaves you hanging. Not always, especially when, <laughs> when you're in need. And we also have George Bob Loftus. I'm Bob. I'm Bob. Get behind me, George. Oh, I'll be Bob. <laughs> I'll be, I don't care. I'll be Bob. How's it going, would, guys? Some, someone had to be Bob, but that's because Bob is great. You need Bob. I could have been Fanboy. Fanboy was fun. Yeah, that's true. That's a, that's a great call sign. Did you guys spend hours after seeing Top Gun Maverick coming up with call signs? Because I have a list of like 300 probably because I'm a copywriter and coming up with call signs is basically my job. It's just way more fun than my job. So I did that for several hours after the movie. Bruh, there is literally a site you go to where you get your Top Gun call sign. Yeah, but mine is Haze. No, you gotta you gotta come up with your own. You gotta earn it. You got you gotta like know what feels right. Uh, like for instance, like cannonball. Is that a good one? That's a pretty good one. It's pretty little, good. I like that. Bad. One. It's not bad. Yeah, a little, little boomerang. Oh yeah, that's little, good. Always that's comes good. always comes there back. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Little, little, little tidal wave. <laughs> <laughs> is that a Transformers reference? Uh, it is not, but I actually have okay. that toy from okay. from Transformers Armada. Yeah. <laughs> what about like what about like company names like where do you where do you fall on that like doordash is that, is that like a good call sign i mean task rabbit's actually a pretty good call sign is task rabbit rabbit still around i i don't know i haven't lived in a city for a couple years so i'm one of your hosts elijah uber <laughs> eats steel <laughs> <laughs> But yes, you are listening to the Frames Get Podcast. We record pretty much each and every week. And if you like the show, don't forget to leave us a review on whatever podcast source you are listening on. It helps us out. It helps you out in the long run. I'm sure it will. And uh, fellas, how are we this week? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's been it's been a busy week for me uh, preparing for Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Which is tomorrow. Yeah, which comes out tomorrow, so it'll be out as of as of um, airing, as of publishing. But yeah, Andy and I have that's all we've been doing practically is like playing Monster Hunter and getting getting ready for June thirtieth. Very nice. <laughs> I quit my job on Monday, so I feel nice. I feel excellent. Awesome. Hey, very nice. Yeah. I can't find my switch, but I still feel excellent. <laughs> It's just I, gone. I cannot remember where I put it. I have, I have Fire Emblem sitting here, and I haven't been able to play it. What was the other? Didn't you like lose your Vita or something for like three years? Or am I just thinking of something else? No, I did lose my Vita for a couple months, and I found out it was just like at my dad's house, just okay. chilling there, and I just I had no remember. idea. And they just kept forgetting <laughs> to tell me. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'll find it, and when I do, Fire Emblem is looking real nice. 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 Yeah, it's it's been a calm, calm couple weeks since I've last been on, which is good. Good. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> I uh I've spent the week watching a number of films and I'm finally watching the alien movies. 
And I spent a good 20 minutes at the doctor's office this morning reading about people arguing back and forth if Alien vs. Predator and Prometheus can coexist in the same universe. You have my attention. Uh, what evidence points to them not existing in the same universe? So someone said uh, AVP takes place in 2004 uh-huh. and Prometheus takes place in like 2079 or 2037 yeah. or something like that. No, it's in the and, and apparently Wayland Yutani in Prometheus, I, it's been a while since I've seen it. That was actually the first one I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, is like, hey, we're looking for signs of alien life. We, we, we know it's out there. It's got to be. That's what we're looking for. And people oh. are like, but he was literally there during AVP. Like, he saw them. And that's when somebody else goes, wait, wait, you're telling me they couldn't coexist because there's no way the head of this organization would, you know, hide it from people that their main objective is to seek out this alien life form, which is literally the plot of the first movie. Yeah, I thought yeah. they were looking for the aliens that he previously had experience with. And then also, like, doesn't, like, a nuke go off at the end of AVP? Spoilers, sorry. I don't remember. I haven't I haven't seen AVP in forever, and I haven't seen AVP Requiem since I saw it in theaters. I actually think Requiem's fun. I don't think it's, like, a great movie, but that is a schlocky-ass horror movie that I can get behind. I agree with you 100%. At no point will I say it's a fun movie, but also, like, I had a good time watching it. That's like a franchise I need to get into more, I guess, for better or worse. I guess I, maybe I shouldn't say that I need to watch AVP. Like, I don't necessarily know if that's a good statement, but. Well, <laughs> I mean, the first Alien is like a, a masterpiece movie. Yeah. 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 The first one was fantastic. Aliens. I've seen Alien. I've seen Aliens. Aliens. Yeah. A war movie Hall of Famer. Yeah. yeah. It, it was really fun. Alien 3, I thought was okay. The director's cut or like the the chaos edition, the industrial cut, there's some name for it that's like, I think, more true to David Fincher's like original vision. That's like David Fincher is one of the best movie directors of all time. Like that guy is incredible. He did Zodiac, Social Network, The Game, uh, Fight Club. Like he's just really good at making movies. Gone Girl. Uh, and then he was kind of hamstringed on that movie because that was his first big feature and Fox is doing a lot of meddling. But like he came from like the music video world. And like, I, I think he's a great director, but like, I, I think it's called the industrial cut. I can't like, don't hold me to that, but it's, it's something like that. That version is excellent. And then Prometheus, I really, really like, but there's a too. version called the chaos edition. That is actually, Oh, of, of Prometheus. I think it's a fan cut. If I'm not Interesting. mistaken, but like that version's really good. I, I love the alien franchise. And- the Marvel comic is a little slow, but it, when it pops off, it pops off real good. I finished Alien Resurrection today. Oh, that movie sucks, but I like it. Yeah, and that's just, I'm like, I don't think this is good, but I'm enjoying this. Yeah, written by uh, sex pest extraordinaire Joss Whedon. I knew it was one of them. And honestly, like, I kind of had a feeling that was by the way some of the things were written. And I'm like, yeah, that's that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like fire. It all comes together now. (laughs) No, no, no. It sounded much more worse. But I, I did see part of Covenant before. I'm excited to actually see it again, uh, like think, with more context now. I think most of Covenant is actually like a pretty good movie. It's just like lore wise where that movie kind of fails me. But is that movie, it's like kind of a sequel to Prometheus, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if I remember correctly, uh, 
like I said, I haven't really been like big into Alien until recently. If I remember correctly, there was going to be two Alien movies after Prometheus. One was like a pretty much direct sequel to Prometheus, which is Covenant. And the other one was going to be done by Neil Blomkamp. Neil Blomkamp. That's it. Yes. And I don't know if that one ever got off the ground or anything. There is some concept art that leaked and like everyone was really excited. Ridley Scott, master entertainer, incredible director, uh, really good at like bringing a vision to life. I think Ridley Scott is like the better director, but I think Tony Scott is the director I enjoy more. Like I'd rather sit down and watch a Tony Scott movie than than a Ridley Scott movie like eight out of ten times. Are, but are, uh, are he just gave... Yeah, they're brothers. Oh, I didn't okay, know I'm going to be honest. I didn't know that either. <laughs> um, but he gave so many weird interviews after Alien Covenant where he just kept talking about like how disinterested he was in the aliens and how more interested he was in the horror of AI. Like he just got really into the David character, like Michael Fassbender's guy. And I'm just like, bro, you can't like, yes, you can have that, I guess. However, like the franchise is called Alien. Alien. Throw us a bone here, man. Like we're here to see the monster. Okay. Well, you know what's in Alien, George? The letters A and the letter I. Oh, no! <laughs> I walked into a trap! <laughs> I, I, did, I did look up the timeline. So, of course, I now that I looked up the uh, chronological order, I realized I watched the uh, last four movies first. But then next, I'm going to watch Predator, then Predator 2, mm-hmm. then Alien vs. Predator, Alien vs. Predator 2, Predators, The Predator, then Prometheus and Covenant. The Predator is the one with Olivia Munn, right? Yes. Yeah, that one. That one was fine. I liked it more than Predators. And Predators, uh, that for was better or Robbie worse, is the Rodriguez. only one I've ever seen. Oh yeah, I was excited. It was Robert Rodriguez directing it. Like that dude is like he can do oh, like, yeah insane crap on on a movie set. I was really excited. Predator One, I think, is. Not a masterpiece, but like a, a Hall of Famer, right? Like a movie Hall of yeah. like action movie Hall of Famer. Predator 2, I always hated until like I went to college and I met like four different people who said it was so much better than the first one. I still disagree with them, but I find value in Predator 2 now. And it's really hard for me to watch Predator 1 without immediately jumping into Predator 2 after. I remember like being away from my dad. I was like with my mom and, um, Predator 2 is on HBO and I was like freaking out. It was the first time I ever saw it. I must have been like eight or nine years old. I was freaking out at the end of the movie because it had the skull to the xenomorph like in like the trophy room. Mm-hmm. And I like immediately like called my dad back when long distance phone calls like actually mattered. But I was like, Dad, you're never going to believe it in the ship at the at the end of the movie with the old gun. There's an alien head. He's like, yeah, George, there's a lot of alien heads. I'm like, no head from the alien from alien. Like, I was just like losing my mind. That was, like, the first big crossover. I, I did read at the time like they weren't even connected or anything yet. Uh, jackasses just they're like, OK, we're going to set up this domino and then knock it down 10 years later with, yeah. with AVP. Yeah, but I'm also going to play Alien Isolation, which takes place in like 20, maybe that's the one that takes place in 2013. It takes place like five years after one of the movies or something like that. It takes place five years after Alien 1 because it's Ripley's daughter looking for Ripley and Ripley is in cryosleep and floating through space for like 75 years. 
between Alien 1 and Alien 2. Yeah. I love Alien. I've read, have you guys read like those comics from the 90s? That's how you know the 90s were better because no. it was like no, Superman I, versus Predator, Batman versus Aliens. Like there's just all these crossover comics. The only fun crossover comic I have is Archie versus Sharknado. <laughs> you know what? I haven't read that one. Um, it's pretty great. When you guys are done, if you're listening to this too, look up a movie called Batman Dead End. It's like a fan film that someone put together and it's Batman fighting a xenomorph. It's excellent. I remember seeing that in high school and it like blew my mind. It was like someone's like, it was like someone's like real to try to get noticed by Hollywood. It was, it was incredible. And uh, the last one, aliens, colonial Marines takes place like two years after aliens. I was reading Elijah. You don't have to play that. You don't. Oh no. I I started it (laughs) and I'm like, this game is terrible. I'm loving it. I don't think it was that bad. Like it was just like a schlocky generic you know, first person shooter on PlayStation three. Like, like you can't dog that one without like bringing up a hundred other games to make fun of too. Right. Honestly, that is fair. What was the big issue? Everybody had, it was like the AI or something, right? Just didn't work properly. Was that the two biggest things I heard were one, the AI didn't work properly. And literally all you need to do was replace a letter in the code. And all of a sudden the Xenomorphs were like terrifying. But the other one is it took like for alien resurrection, a total of 12 aliens were on the ship and they almost didn't get out alive. But in the last part of the first level of alien colonial Marines, you kill like 50 of them. Oh uh, yeah. So it doesn't really uh, make sense. Lore wise. That wasn't, I remember I grabbed that game the day it came out. Cause I was super excited. It was one of those, like what we were shown was not what we got. Like what they call that bull shots right back in the day. And so, like, there was some killer trailer from from Randy Pitchford and everyone at Gearbox where the game looked incredible. Like, it looked like, oh, my God, this is this is going to save games. Like, this is going to knock Call of Duty off its high horse. And a game comes out or just like, well, this isn't at all what we were shown. The AI is terrible. And then uh, it was the same thing that happens in so many alien games. And if you ask Ridley Scott, so many movies where it's just like, why are there so many levels where we're fighting either people or like synths, right? Like, like robotic people. Yeah. I grabbed Fireteam Elite for PlayStation 5, which is just like the worst God of War game you've ever played. And man, yeah, same same general issues, to be completely honest, where it is just like, why are there so many levels where we're fighting AI? Like those levels were so much easier than fighting the aliens, but also like, bro, I'm here for the alien. Yeah. Like, yeah. That quote from, from How I Met Your Mother, like, nobody wants to see Bruce Banner, they want to see the Hulk. <laughs> like... Like, why do you think we're here, man? Yeah, that's fair. And speaking of games, we've played some this week. Austin, why don't you tell us what you've been playing? Yeah, so like I said, uh, leading in, I mean, I've primarily been playing Monster Hunter Rise more, um, kind of building up to to some breaks, which I'm I'm really looking forward to. Um, I don't really want to go into more, more detail than that, because I know everybody's probably sick of me talking about Monster Hunter, but I did playthrough and platinum um ape escape please on please PS5. say it correctly ape escape thank you <laughs> <laughs> on ps5 uh through the uh the new playstation plus i do want to buy it outright at some point because that is thankfully one of the games you can just pay 10 bucks for um but yeah i i played through it platinumed it i still adore that game just as much as i do and just as much as I did 20 years ago, 25 years ago, that that game holds up 
very well to me. And it's ridiculous. There's a lot of um, ridiculous stuff. The voice acting is like the most absurd thing that I've ever heard. Like some of it is just just nuts. Like it doesn't make sense. Like okay, I also played this game this week, so yeah. I want to have a yes. little conversation with you. Yes, I think the person who voiced the girl did a really good job. I think the professor yes. is like such a confusing performance <laughs> in such like a weird. Such a weird wrinkle in that game. I hear the PAL one is fun because it's all British voice acting. Yeah, it is. It is. And actually, the... I think it's two or something. The the main character is the person that voices Ash, and the female in two is the person that voices Misty. So it was like a strange, strange Pokemon crossover or two. But yeah, the, the, the worst... Worst voice acting in one, though, George. I, I don't know how far you've gotten, but Spectre? I haven't made it there yet. Okay, he sounds like the most generic like cartoon villain that you have ever heard in your life. <laughs> so you grew up playing this game. Yes, yes. That was yeah. like one of the first games I, I, I really remember playing uh, back in the day when I was young on, on PS1. I really like it. It's super like it's it's really rough around the edges, and so like yes. I assume if I had played it as a kid, I'd be a little more forgiving of that. There's yeah. so much good going on in this game, though. Like, mm-hmm. I love the music. The music is absolutely incredible. Yep. I just I just sat there and listened to. I was on like the second level, where like you first start doing like water stuff, like the 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 gun yep. net or whatever. And uh, I I just like left the controller on my coffee table so I could just listen to mm-hmm. it and. I, work and it was, it was excellent i love the menu i love like the layout stuff the controls are just awful like they're like just truly terrible yeah it's like a product of its time you know it, it when it released it was essentially the the like astrobot what, what what's the ps5 thing that, that came with the ps5 um, Astro Astro playroom yeah it was essentially like the astro's playroom for the dual shock it was of course, it's still a full game, but it was intended to be the here's what the dual shot can do, and here's what you can do with the extra stick. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I I don't have an issue with the controls just because I've played through this game so many times, and I just kind of know how they work. But I'm sure that for somebody playing it for the first time, I'm I totally understand that it would be frustratingly um, annoying some of the way the the controls are set up. I think it's really interesting that, like, so in Ape Escape, you have to reclaim a whole bunch of cantankerous apes who are, who are apes. You know, sorry, cantankerous apes who <laughs> 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 missing with your doc, your professor friend in the time machine. That's like the general story. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really interesting that, like, the, the net movement they use to catch the apes is tied to the analog stick because that actually feels like pretty Nintendo, right? To, yeah. like, have, like, oh no, like this is the stick you're swinging. And so like they actually give you like a stick to swing. But yep. man, would that game be better if you could just press square to swing that net sometimes? Well, let me uh, give you a little secret here. The PSP version, the PSP port, does work that way. Oh, oh, that makes sense because there's only one analog stick. So that makes yeah. sense. So yeah. you can play it that way if you play the PSP version. Very cool. But Which That's is, right. a, it's a really good port, by the way. It, it yeah, really looks good on PSP. But yeah, it's a it's a fascinating game, and and I loved going back to it. Um, the platinum 
extraordinarily easy. You don't even have to 100% it. You basically just have to beat the game, get 100 monkeys, which I think by the time I beat it, I was at like 133. um, And I wasn't going out of my way to get all of them necessarily. And so if you're looking for an easy platinum and you can stand some PS1 goodness, it's definitely one to to sink your teeth into. I mean, it, it took me maybe maybe six hours. Interesting. So, yeah. You texted us that in like the Slack channel, and I'll be honest, that's exactly why I started playing the game was because you said it was an easy platinum. I feel like I haven't gotten one since like last December, and I feel like I'm like in yeah. my own head about it. Like I got like the yips, and I'm like, yeah. all right, just bang one out. Just just do one. Just get the ball rolling with one. How, uh, how did it feel, George? I haven't gotten it yet. I've gotten two trophies in the game, uh, but it felt good. I like. I just. I haven't been playing a lot of games with trophies lately, and mm-hmm. if I have been playing games with trophies, I just haven't really cared about them. Like you guys know, I fell really into Deep Rock Galactic, and yeah. like I got all the easy trophies. Wait, I'm just hearing about this for the first time. Oh man, you're gonna <laughs> love. <it. laughs> uh, and so I got to the point where like the only trophies I would get would be like if I got my one character at level seven all the way up to level one hundred. So like I haven't heard a ding in a minute. And it was it was nice yeah. get, getting tropes again. Missed them. Very nice. Austin, is there anything else you've been playing? Yep, that's it. That's Alrighty. it for me. George, what else have you been playing besides Ape Escape? I did not get an invite into the the network test for Oh my god, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, oh my god. Watch? Basically, yeah, for Gundam Evolution. Sorry, oh. I forgot. I forgot the official name for it. Uh, because I just, I was, te- I, my buddy Fabio got an extra code and he gave it to me, and we just referred to it as Gundam Overwatch because that game is exactly Overwatch, and it's freaking incredible. That game is so much fun and so fast paced. I really want to play it. It's going to be free to play, which kind of scares me a little bit. Like, I just, I'm sure there's good free to play games out there. I just haven't found one that doesn't feel like, you know, not predatory in terms of like how aggressive they are about getting you to spend money. So, like, that's a concern. But at least in this network test, they only had ranked modes available. They only had, I think, two or three game modes available. And it was like, you know, capture this objective, move on, like, push to get the next objective. And, and you'd swap on the next round. And if you were offensive, then you had to defend. But, like, man, it is so good to play a fast-paced Gundam game again because I've played Battle Operation Fairy, and that game is just dog water. That game is awful. Like that that is like one like literally one of the worst games I've ever played in my entire life. It is so slow. Where like it's taking a multiplayer uh mechanic, right? Like a design aesthetic, and then turning it into single player. So like everything that's done for balancing in multiplayer just becomes unfun in single player where it's just like, why is it taking me 12 seconds to reload my main rifle? Like this doesn't feel right. They completely did away with all that. This is such a breakneck speed of a game and they've got great suits that go from every series. I personally really enjoyed playing as the pale rider, the uh, super GM, I think from one of the, uh, the mangas. Um, But no, it's incredibly cool. Incredibly balanced. They've, Got like a healer character that has like submachine guns that just like shoots health at, at your allies that you can then swap out for regular machine guns to shoot at your enemies. And everyone's got a super that builds up over time and more if you do more damage. And man, I was I was getting really into it. I'm so excited for that game to come out now. 
That sounds awesome. When does it actually launch? Do you know, George? I do not off the top of my head. I assume okay. either later this summer or this fall. But uh, I actually like I like this game so much that I actually filled out the survey that Bandai sent out after. And I who cares about surveys? Yeah. No one cares about like closed but, beta. Yeah, you know, but, you're just testing it out for the developers, helping them out, fill out yeah. a survey and help them. Nah. No, screw it. Uh, no, so I did that, and then I, I kept telling him, like, if you guys wanted to remaster Federation versus Zeon Encounters in Space, or even bring over Garen's Greed for the first time to the West, we, we would really like that. Please do that. Thank you. Uh, so I had to sneak that stuff in while I could. But man, I had so much fun. It was, I never got too into Overwatch. I like, would play it at friends' houses. It, it just, like, didn't make sense to me, right? Like, there was just so much going on, and it just felt like I had sort of, like, missed the boat like playing that game like a year after it came out, but holy geez, like knowing Gundam, loving Gundam the way I do, this game was incredible. Felt like it was built for me. And I am dog piss at uh, first person shooters, but man, man, oh man, am I just going to lose hours of my week, hours of my night, weeks of my life, probably some important relationships. Uh, it's just, I'm going to lose so much to this game. That's awesome. Not the losing serious relationships, but uh, it, it sounds great. I'm so excited to play it. it I, when we first saw the trailer, I'm like, that looks fun. Yeah, that I'm, I'm really so glad to hear that. Mission. I'm so excited for SD Gundam, even though I hate oh, SD Gundam as a concept. I like I'm just this feels like the summer of Gundam in a way it hasn't since like 2003. Bring it on. Baby. I, I'm, I agree I'm, with that completely I'm here for it. Have you built any models recently, George? No, but I've bought a lot of models recently. I'm going to try my... So I quit my job. I got a new job. And the start date is about two days after my last day for my current job. So I'm going to try to extend okay. the start date by like a week. Because I am looking at it. I've got like 25 purchased model kits over there. Newtype.us is my new favorite website for ordering Gundam models. You can set up a wish list. Nothing is in stock because nothing anywhere is in stock. But they just send you an email when anything on your wish list is in stock. And so, like, I'll just buy three or four at a time. And I've done that several times. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to start chipping away at that backlog there. That's awesome. Currently, I, uh... currently in the middle of building my high-grade Zeta Gundam. Ooh, okay. Right there. My, my Kotobukiya Metal Gear Rex figure or model came... And I started it. That thing is going to take me about two years to build because it is ginormous. <laughs> Big looking boy. Yeah. No, that's okay. I, I know what you mean. I have finally, after a long time, started to put together my Lego Titanic. That's and, insane. And I got part one of 12 of box one of three put together so far and it was about two hours so 36 bags roughly yeah man my seinfeld was like my i got like the seinfeld apartment set and that was like eight bags and i was like whoa <laughs> <laughs> i went to college wow that just happened live live on the podcast yeah, elijah so just cool. dropped the it's piece fine. that he put together Buddy, right. it's like the real Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully the Titanic's all right. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it'll float again. Hold your breath right before we go. <laughs> Did it crash into that iceberg that I see next to you? Oh, sorry, that's a PS5. Yeah, about the same size. <laughs> I'm going to be completely <laughs> honest. When you said that, I looked at it, and I was about to make the sound of a donkey, but I don't know why, because in my mind, I'm like, I need to do a sea creature, but all that was going to come out was the sound of a donkey. <laughs> I'm sorry, Elijah. This is, oh my God, that was hilarious. The, the, I instantly thought of that scene from Spider-Man Homecoming where Ned drops the, 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 the death, the death, death <laughs> well uh as for what i've been playing yeah um just going to kind of put that under the rug for now uh as for what i've been playing it's two games that i talked about last week but i got a lot further in both of them first off uh tormented souls i i beat it this past weekend and i thoroughly enjoyed my time with it, that game like i beat it and i still been thinking like i, I want to go back i want to get the other trophies uh, it's going to be paying the butt. He's like, I need to go through the entire game without using a health item. So I can take like three hits the entire game. Oh, boy. I don't know. I always I'm hit or miss on trophies like that. I never know how to feel about them. I mean, I know they're all skill based, but like the don't get hit or, or save one time or don't save at all for the entire game. It's like, hmm. Okay, guess I'm not getting that platinum. <laughs> I'm pretty missed. Like, I love the way, like, when the Uncharted collection came out, how they introduced, like, that new difficulty. Was it, like, realism? Like, what would they call it? Crushing? No, beyond. There was a new mode beyond crushing. Oh, I did not know that. Uh, there was a new difficulty they added to the, what it was called. Uh, and so, like, they added that, but they didn't make that part of the platinum. They just made that DLC. And so I understand, like... Oh, you gotta, you, you can't just give away a platinum. You gotta earn it. Like, yeah, no, I appreciate that. However, um, I have a life and I only have so much time to dedicate to games. Yeah. So if you can make a DLC, like make it a trophy someone can earn, but like platinums are important to people. So like, don't tie these like seemingly impossible trophies to like that. I hate speedrunning trophies more than anything because I'm like, oh, that's like actually not how I want to play the game, like even remotely. Please don't make me do that. So another trophy I need for the game is to beat it in under three hours. There it is. Yeah, Oof. saw that coming. <laughs> which which isn't too bad, actually, because n- now that like I know how to complete some of the puzzles and such, so like, I, I, I can definitely do that because I think it took me like six hours and five minutes to beat the game. But like, I know where I'm going for a lot of it now. So I and I, I saw people like, yeah, you, I could easily do it in like two hours. So I'm like, OK. Um, but no, that, that game is amazing. Uh, it went places I didn't expect and like very light spoilers near the beginning, your character like wakes up and she's missing an eye. And when you get to the point where it explains what happened to the eye, I'm like, Oh, okay. That I liked the way that played out. I did not see that coming. And it is it. it it was really well done, and for it, I think that was their first game, and it was really good. And I'm excited to see what they do next after that. Honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing the second one. But the other game I've been playing a lot of is the Centennial Case, a Shijima story, the murder mystery FMV from Square Enix that I talked about last week, and we had talked about how. It gave away real participation awards by like you could choose the wrong thing and the game would be like, 
Wait, I don't think that's right. Let me try that again. And just have you go back and pick another one. There are some things I noticed in it where you need to pay such close attention to really get the murder without feeling like an idiot. Uh, For example, in this newest one, not this newest one, but the previous one from where I'm at right now, they figured out who the murderer was because they didn't use the same writing utensil as when uh, they came in and wrote in the guest book because some of the ink was mixed in with the deceased's blood. That is so specific. But at no point was that part of the clues or anything. It was just an extra thing that you would have had to just pay attention to and notice. And like when I showed the blood, I did say like, wow, some of that's really dark. But at no point would I have thought, oh, it's because this person's pen got broken in a scuffle. Yeah. And. Okay. 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 The pen is a weapon. The pen is a weapon. See, that's what I thought, too. The pen wasn't a weapon. Oh, then it really doesn't make sense to me. God damn square enix but like it it makes sense in the end but only in like okay i see what happened now but also like did it it really need to go like that but other than that i'm like really enjoying the game every like every chapter in it i am just fully engrossed in this story about uh what, what everlasting life and how this family is trying to protect it and another organization question mark called the Scarlet Camellia is trying to take it from them. It's it's just super fascinating. And I'm still doing what I said last week where when I go to present the clues and who the killer is, the main character will come on screen and I'll go, there's been a murder in Savannah. <laughs> Every time I still do it. You've got to throw in your own personal. Exactly. Personal taste. If it's but, not fun for you, then what's the point? Yeah, right. right. I right. just thought of another game I've been playing. The Capcom fighting collection. Oh, nice. I, I'm a big Darkstalkers fan. So naturally when yeah. this got announced, it's like, hey, there are like seven Darkstalkers games in here. I'm like, OK, so it's a game for, for me. I've been playing through it and it is so fun. Uh, so my favorite Darkstalkers character is uh, Morgan. And I, I look like there are seven games with her in it. But also like some of those games never came out over here. And one I played is, was it Super Gem Fighter or something like that? And that was really neat and nifty. It's something I never, like I'd never heard of or anything. And it, it's this little like chibi fighting game where like your moves get powered up as you hit enemies it will like knock gems out of them and it was just really fun it's really neat seeing all these different games i just wasn't i i wasn't a fighting fan back then yeah that's like a i don't know that's a genre i have just seriously struggled to get into 
I, I enjoy Smash Brothers, but I know that's a different beast of its own. I've like tried so many times to get into Street Fighter and Soul Calibur and and all that stuff. And Soul Calibur has been the one that I've gotten into the most. But even then, it's like I can just never seem to get the combos and button movements down. Like it's just I my brain like refuses to learn it. Oh, a lot of newer ones make combos a lot easier. And I think that's why I started getting into it more because the the first to- ones I really played were like Dead or Alive 4 when that came out, like at the launch of the 360. I was like, oh, this game has a Spartan in it. I want to play this game. Oh, and I got yeah, it. Yeah. I got it. I'm like, okay, this game's really fun. And like, I got a lot of achievements. And I started to really get into it. But the only one before that was, wow, Link is in a fighting game. I want this game. And Soul Calibur 2 was really the first fighting game I like got into. I was, ever since then. Oh, no, go ahead. I, I was really into fighting games like on N64 and GameCube days. Like, I think it was having friends over was like the big thing. And the mm-hmm. last time I really got into a fighting game was I was a freshman in college when Super Street Fighter 4 came out. And so like having a roommate, you know, going over to friends houses off campus and like them having a 360, like I think. Because that was like still like Xbox Live was, you know, clearly around, but like nothing beat like a local versus game and in, in whatever, you know. And so I think like once I lived on my own and then once I started like living with someone who just wasn't as interested in games as I was, that's kind of when fighting games sort of fell out for me. And I've got a bunch of friends who are super obsessed with fighting games, but like the reason they love it is like the tournaments, you know, like it Mm -hmm. is the actual physical presence of playing with someone else. Yeah. And so I think once that goes away, like, you know, I I can totally see like you, like I I assume you love dark soccer's because like the art style, right? Because the characters and all all that. So like for you, the designs are amazing. Yeah. For you, it isn't like for all intents and purposes, like a single player game, right? Where you're just like in the world, but yeah to really get into like the nuance of fighting games for me like i need i need someone on a couch i'm going against and like Aaliyah, my partner she gets super into smash brothers for like three weeks at a time and then she's like all right i'm done <laughs> like, okay cool and i'll see you this time again next year perfect <laughs> like we'll, we'll we'll catch up next november and i did oh, oh no go ahead. you you go ahead first i was just gonna say I realized there is one fighting game that I got into when I was a kid. Bloody Roar. The dinosaurs? I loved Bloody Roar when I was a kid. The dinosaur fighting game? No, it was like the animals on PS1. Uh, what was it? You could like turn into animals or something, if I'm rec- recalling correctly. I've never played that one. Yeah. But another really cool thing this collection does, I at one point got kind of... I was intimidated by... I looked at the trophy list. I'm like, oh, these are all pretty easy. And then you get to the trophy, beat every offline mode with every character in all of the games. And I'm like, okay, that's okay. That's that's a disrespectful trophy. It is, but the game does something really neat. And you can go into the like records and it'll show all of the characters in the game and underneath it, it'll say how many times you've beaten offline mode with each one. Okay. So because originally I was like, all right, let me write down the list, the all 10 game names and the list of every character in every game. That way I can start crossing them off as I beat, but the game itself keeps track of it, which I was very, very thankful for. And that's back when fighting games only had rosters of like eight characters, right? Eight to 12. 
for the most part, yes. Yeah. They, one that I don't think ever came over here. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but they're all like robots that have like 25 characters. Yikes. Okay. So but, that that's good. That sounds like actually like a good stream challenge for you. Yeah. Like it, it is something and I enjoyed it enough. I'm like, yeah, I'd do this. I, I can pop on, you know, once every couple of days and go through an offline mode in like 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'll gladly do it. I also, I haven't started it yet, but I picked up a game called Pocky and Rocky Reshrined, which apparently is this old, like, shoot 'em up series from the, like, Nintendo, Super Nintendo era. I haven't heard of it. And I, I thought it was like a like remake or that. It's not. It's a continuation of the story. So I looked huh. up, and I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe I'll look at grabbing the other games. I'm going to not do that probably ever the how much were they <laughs> the first you know me I, i'd like to get the games complete the first one was i think 700 the game boy one i think was 800 and the super nintendo one is going for 1500 jesus christ oh my god which kind Good of make, makes me happy. I grab this one because I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, yeah, just in case I have it now. Jeez, Pocky Rocky fans are eat, eating well with their rare, rare video games, right? <laughs> but that's all we have been playing for the week. How about we talk about the major thing that happened yesterday? Okay, really quick though, if you have to choose between like a video game and a down payment on a car. <laughs> I just want you to repeat what you're about to do out loud before you do it. Either way, I just I just want you to do that just for anyone listening who's How much was the the last one you said you said it was 1500? 1500. Good grief. If I remember correctly, which I'm pretty sure I do. I bought a vinyl for my my birthday is coming up in a couple of weeks. I bought a vinyl for my birthday that was $130 because it was like a limited press of like a band I really liked by some like British store that was limited to 500 copies. And like I felt guilty about that. Also, if you can spend 1500 video like dollars on a video game, you're probably doing all right for yourself, right? Like you probably oh, yeah. if you can do that, you're probably like pfft whatever i had gold in my toothpaste this morning it's like okay we live different lives but good good god man that is okay just abstract. probably playing on the that gucci ps5 that they oh, released. Yeah. oh yeah for, for yeah. sure yeah pocky and rocky for the super nintendo 568.71 pocky with or pocky and rocky with becky for the game boy advance 999.80 and Pocky and Rocky 2 for the Super Nintendo, 1440. Elijah, wow. what's the most expensive video game you've ever bought? Like price I paid for it? Yeah. 475. Is that is that the Rose? Rule one? of Rose, yeah. Rule of Rose. Awesome. Can you think off the top of your head the most expensive video game you ever bought? <sighs> Oof. Honestly, I don't know that I've ever bought anything above MSRP. If I have, it's only been like a few bucks over. Um, I mean, most expensive would probably be like collector's editions. I, I, I've i never gone out of my way necessarily to buy like super high priced 
old games or anything like that. I bought... I can't remember. It's like on my shelf. I don't mean to sound like a, you know, someone who just burns money. But uh, I bought like it was either Pokemon White or Black or Black Two, and that was like a hundred something dollars. Yeah, which, which sucked because like literally right before COVID, like the December before COVID, I went down to LA. I visited my brother. I stopped by a GameStop in in Culver City, and they still had DS games. And I bought the other one. Whichever one I didn't buy the second time, I bought the other one for $50, like with a case at GameStop. And then by not the next June, but the June after, that's when every like collector's thing started skyrocketing. Like, not started skyrocketing, but had skyrocketed. And it was like $120. It was $130, maybe. It was ridiculous. I will say, I do think the one that's going to break me eventually, and I probably need to do this sooner rather than later, is Twin Snakes. Um, I just need to get it because it keeps going up in price. And I want to say it's up to like maybe 110, 120. So it's uh, it's getting up there. Do you have a GameCube? I do. Talk to me after the show. I might have two copies. Okay. We will to, talk I, indeed. I need to double check, but I think I have two copies. Because <laughs> like I had my copy and then I got a, fr- a copy that a friend gave me when he sold his GameCube. Nice. Yeah. 110. Yeah. Copy to receive. <laughs> but uh often do you want to lead us in the info of what happened yesterday yeah so uh yesterday nintendo um kind of had been set up for a little while it had leaked probably about a month ago that the date was going to be you know around this time frame whether it was june 28th june 29th um that nintendo would be doing a direct and of course they they pretty much announced it i want to say like 24 hours prior they were like hey we're doing a mini 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 third party direct specifically and i thought they showed off some pretty interesting stuff i didn't think it was like the strongest direct necessarily but there were some really good titles mixed in there i mean they they showed um the mega man um mega man battle network collection uh, with like 10 games, if I'm not mistaken, which I think that was really the big announcement of the show for me. Um, the Portal 1 and 2 collection for Switch kind of got stealth dropped. They came out and said, hey, this is coming out today um, for 20 bucks, which I'd say is a decent deal for a game that's a couple games that really haven't been available on, on modern systems. And then you've got, you know, a, a few other things. You had the Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope release date, which... I'm curious about that game. I heard great things about the first one. I never played it. I have it, but um, never, never actually played it. So this one looks pretty good too. And then uh, a few other things: the Persona Three, Four, and Five uh, ports were announced for Switch, which is to me a huge deal. Um, I played a lot of of Four Golden on Vita, and that was just the best place to play it for me. So I'm looking forward to to having these all on the go again and so yeah just wanted to kind of bring that up and kind of see what you guys thought I've, I've seen some kind of mixed reactions for that direct and again keep in mind it is a mini direct i don't think it was supposed to be like mind-blowing or anything but um i thought there were some really good good games thrown in there uh you know you you had elijah i know you already bought one the little noah game uh that kind of looked like a, a side-scrolling kind of kind of uh 
what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like um roguelike. Yeah, roguelike type game and and that looks really interesting and a few other things. Harvestella is a new game from Square Enix that yeah, they announced. Yeah, it looks really but, neat. Yeah, what? it looks it looks really interesting. Kind of like Harvest Moon type with a little more RPG elements. There so. were a lot of games that had like farming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, right? Like that. Yeah. Okay. I thought I was going crazy, but I'm glad like just because I don't really play a lot of Nintendo games. And when I do, it's usually like the first party games. And so I'm like, yeah. oh, were there were there always this many farming sim <laughs> like flavors in, in games? Because yeah. it feels yeah. like like remember how like the the Jeff Keeley show is just like, oh, crap, like horror games are really making yep. a rebound here. Now it's like, Space oh, horror. yeah. Yeah. Yep. For the farmer, the proletariat, right? Like, let, let's, let's let's do it for them. Let's do it for the crops. But yeah, I, I thought there was a lot of good stuff um, shown overall. Um, the one thing that shocked me, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but I played Pac-Man World when I was a kid. Seeing a remaster was not something I was expecting. The other thing I was not expecting, and I guess I just didn't remember, is that the game is about getting Pac-Man's kidnapped family back. <laughs> Which, watching that trailer, I was like, is that really what this game is about? <laughs> yeah, Taken was actually based off the Pac-Man game. <laughs> so, I mean, what did you guys think uh, about the Direct? Again, I know it was a smaller, smaller situation, but I, I thought there were a pretty good mix of, of titles in here. I really liked it. I mean, and honestly, this is kind of when they call it a direct mini about third party partnerships. I'm like, this is what I expected, honestly. And they showed off some fantastic things like the Mega Man Battle Network collection. I never expected, but also keeps going to show you that Capcom understands people like their old games that are now unplayable. So it's like, yeah, people can't play these. What if we sell it to them again? Okay, we'll gladly buy them like this. Dude, and those games are so good. So good. I cannot wait to pick up the collection. It's just, I, it's it's a little weird to me. Like, you remember when Netflix was awesome because everything was on Netflix? Yeah. And then NBC was like, why are we just getting a portion like of royalties for people watching The Office when we could just have our own streaming service and get like actual subscription? Like, why... It's like taking a long time, I feel like, for games to do that, you know, because we have Ubisoft doing it. We have EA doing it. But like, I can totally see a world one day where like Capcom does it. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it just has yeah. like, OK, play They've every got Capcom the library. Game. Oh, yeah, yeah, for, they for 10 bucks do. a month. Right. And so part of me is like a little bummed out that like stuff like that isn't happening. But also like I would so much rather buy a game once than pay, you know, a monthly fee to play it over and over again. I only Absolutely. played one. I only played one Battle Network network game. I'm actually like really excited for that collection. I just love that. Like the GBA aesthetic, the color palette, the sounds super, super nostalgic for me. So any way to get closer to that, and I'm I'm incredibly in. Yeah, it's uh you know, those games are really special too. They're they were very different at the time for Mega Man, and so um and honestly the stories from what I'm remembering, the stories in those games are surprisingly good. I just remember really enjoying um, the ones that I played, which I honestly, I can't even recall. I, I know I played a, two or three of them when I was a kid, but yeah, they, uh, I've, they're very unique. I've never played any and I'm so excited. Because the closest I played was on GameCube. I played Mega Man NT Warrior, which I loved. And that's the closest, but 
I really like that. And I've heard amazing things about these games. Like I've heard they're so fun. And that like from what I've seen of the combat, yeah, give I'm all in. So I'm really excited to be able to finally have a chance to play these games and not have to pay an arm and a leg to get them. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, aside from that though, I think the you know, the two big announcements for me were the Mega Man announcement and then Persona. Because, you know, we got we got the confirmation, I guess it was a couple weeks ago, that three, four, and five would be coming to Xbox uh and PC. And PlayStation. Uh, and PlayStation. And so they kind of just have been holding off, I guess, for this direct to announce it for Switch. But, you know, this is the first time and it was a it was a huge announcement for Xbox too, of course, but this is the first time we've actually had like a mainline persona game on switch and not just that we're getting three of them so um it's very exciting to me and and i don't know i don't know about you guys but i i've really enjoyed just over my lifetime big jrpgs on handheld and so i'm just these are all day one purchases for me on switch instantly like it's great that it's coming to xbox but like people wanted it on switch right like oh, yeah. this is where they yeah. wanted to play it so it's it's a it's a home run for nintendo for sure like that that's that was a great scoop i actually think portal is like a really big deal too yes i agree absolutely just because it's like okay these games like portal came out what 2006 2007 yeah something like that and so the fact that um that valve is still interested in making sure their games are playable on things besides pc I don't know. Like, could we get like a like the I honestly. You remember like when you were younger and you were kind of a, a, a jerk and you'd like go to a store just to like see what was out and then you just look it up on Amazon. Yes. Yep. Because It was usually cheaper on Amazon. Uh, I feel like I do that now with like other video game conferences where it's just like, oh, cool. Portal's coming to switch probably come on a playstation soon i can get some trophies so i feel like it's it's inevitable but like i don't know like i'm just a a little like optimistic that valve still cares about getting getting their games on modern consoles yeah i am curious about that though because portal this collection was announced a little while ago i can't exactly remember when it might have been last fall or way early this year potentially like maybe january um they announced it on switch a little while ago of course it's still there's been no information for the other systems, but I, I hope you're right. I, I really do hope it it does come to to Xbox and and um, PlayStation because those games, dude, those games hold up so well and they are so good. Um, the the level design in those games alone is some of the best. I mean the 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 puzzles and the the way the mechanics work, it's it's fantastic. So yeah, that for me was a was an instant purchase when they were like, yeah. Uh, it's out today <laughs> and it's 20 bucks for both of them, which I, yeah. I think is a pretty good deal. That was oh, absolutely yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, it's a little expensive for portal one. That's pretty cheap yeah. for portal two. So, so you, it, yeah. it, it, it comes out in the wash. It's pretty even there. Yeah. The game that really stood out to me was, Oh God, I'm trying to find its name right now. Sorry. Um, Blanc R- RPG time, the legend of right. Oh, I know nothing about, how this game is going to play. I know nothing about how this game works, but the entire thing is like a pencil sketch art aesthetic over like a kid's notebook. And like that I find particularly fascinating. And so I'm just, I'm here for the art direction. That looks awesome. And like the, the train simulator rail grade that looked really cool. That looks so cool. Yeah. 
But I mean, I got so anxious by the end. Like when when you were like first designing your level, I'm like, oh, that's nice. I like I like putting rails down. I like I like guiding coal trains. And then by the end, when like every tile was like covered in rail, that's when I got like a little claustrophobic. I'm like, oh, this is not a George game. This is way too intense to be a George game. It looks like follow- the New York City transit system, <laughs> but worse. But somehow worse. And then they showed like the RPG time, which looked like a Saturday morning cartoon. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm calm now. I'm calm. This is my CBD for my eyes. Yeah, I mean, some of the indie games they showed off looked really, really good. Blanc, like Elijah mentioned there a second ago, um, that game looks fantastic. It's like the I, I don't even know what what it is. It's like a two wolves or something. I'm or it's foxes. A deer and a wolf cub working together to survive yeah. a harsh winter, and it looks incredible. That game looks yeah, it's pretty. a beautiful looking game. It's kind of black and white. The fox and the hound. That's honestly <laughs> what I thought when I first saw it too. That game looks really really pretty. And then the one of the first games they started off with that like murder mystery type game. I can't recall what Lorelai Lorelai and the laser eye and the laser, yeah. laser eyes. It looks really good too. It looks really, really unique. And I, I love the art style. That was, that was another thing for sure with this direct. A lot of these indie games had a, a very cool, like hand drawn, unique, unique take on, on graphics. So um, a lot to look forward to, I'd say. And, and certainly a lot of this is going to come to other systems. Like Elijah said, he already bought uh, little Noah. Uh, Lorelai. Lorelai and the Laser Eyes sounds like a like a punk band, right? Like, does that sound like one yes, of absolutely like a band from Scott Pilgrim or something? Like, I I feel like it's the band that was always the antagonist in the Gem and the Holograms. Oh, for sure, yeah. And then they opened up for Clash of Demon Head immediately. Yeah, after. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm excited. Also, I feel I don't know. I was a little underwhelmed until I saw. Until I like remembered, until you reminded me, until I, I saw a news article saying that like, no, this is a third party mini direct. I'm like, oh, okay. Then like, expectations tempered to that title. Then like, yeah, this was a, this was a great direct. But what's up with Splatoon, my guys? Where where are we at with yeah, Splatoon three? You know, there's so many big first party titles. Also, they hinted that there would be like a Ubisoft event today, and I got really excited. So I, I scoured the internet after watching the direct that you guys told me happened, which I did not know happened. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, there's a Ubisoft event." And I googled it. It's a 48 minute long video, and the first the I didn't first, realize it was 48 minutes. The first 30 minutes were literally just starting soon, and then after that, it was like an is a 15 minute preview of the game and it was just that yeah. game so I'm like oh okay. so ubisoft yeah. is keeping keeping it tight this... did either of you play the first mario and rabbits no but i've heard amazing things oh my which is ridiculous. It. it was it was always on crazy sales like every six months it would be like 14 dollars or something yeah. at best buy and then finally like one day I, w- I would pull the trigger and i it's still shrink wrapped like i just it's one of those things where like oh, there's so many other switch games at I'd rather one play point first. the gold edition digitally was on sale on amazon for 14.99 there yeah. you go. Yeah. Maybe that's a game I need to play at some point. You know, I've never actually played too many games in that style. I've never played XCOM um, or I guess what's the Gears Tactics or whatever that oh, came yeah. out a couple of years ago. I do. I'm I'm hopeful that that Midnight Suns is good because I, I would like to to try that out and have that be kind of my foray into that style. Midnight Suns scares me a little bit. Yeah, because there was an event at DC a couple years ago called Dark Knight's Metal. And it was just like 
a heavy metal aesthetic. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool. It's just really not my speed. Everyone had like, you know, like a big duster and like had a, had like a giant like scythe with like skulls on it. I'm like, okay, like I know you guys grew up in the eighties and that this is really cool to you. Like I cannot express how gosh darn lame this is. Like, I I think this is like (laughs) pathetic, pathetic aesthetic. Let's call it that. Pathetic. Pathetic. Uh, And so I'm like really worried that Midnight Suns is just going to like fall into that thing. And like, again, not every game is made for me. So like, please don't make me change the costumes or do that really cool thing that video games do where like I can keep the stats from better armor, but apply it to a different armor, like my my base stuff. That's the best thing Ubisoft has done in the past couple of years, I think, let you keep your cool stuff. Uh, I'm I'm excited for that game, but I'm very apprehensive. Keep your pathetic away from me. <laughs> oh, pathetic! You know how you know pathetic is done is it's when you throw it to the wall and it sticks. That's how you know pathetic <laughs> is done cooking. Oh my god! <laughs> On that note, does anybody have any more comments about the mini direct? We'll get, we'll get like a first party direct soon, right? Like August, I hope September, so. September. I hope so. Sure. Um, I feel like Sony, to me, I feel like Sony and Nintendo are in a similar situation right now where, you know, at least Sony, we know Last of Us remake is coming, but we know a couple things from Nintendo, but it's like, man, they've been kind of both, both of them have been pretty radio silent on their first party stuff this year. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I feel like we've got to get something on Splatoon and then that that Metroid Prime remake slash port thing for Switch yeah. again for the millionth time the other day. So we'll see. Yeah, There's got to be something soon. How many times did like a Mass Effect remake rumor yeah. leak before no. it was announced? Right? Like, like, it's like over a span of like five years. Yeah. 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 <laughs> At some point it'll come out and be like, ha, see, we were right four years yep. later. Yeah, what's that like in fantasy football when you pick someone up off the waiver wire and then like they don't do good, they don't do good for two weeks. And you're like, man, screw it, drop them. And then they blow up the next week. Like what's that? So it's like never wrong, only early. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that, that's how everyone is reading the, the Nintendo tea leaves. Well, fellas, I think that is everything for the night. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at or follow me at Logo Lizard Man. You know, I'm st- I'm thinking of Legos. You can follow me <laughs> at Logo Lizard Man. You can follow, follow me at Logo Lizard Man too. Follow me on Twitch <laughs> at Logo Lizard Man. I stream on weekend evenings. Uh, yeah, I've been looking for Lego pieces while we talked about the direct. Uh, don't worry, um, they're there. <laughs> There's a are lot they? Of pieces. I'm missing like two of them, uh, and they're big pieces. You can find Austin at Austin J. Eller. Find George at PurpleBird616. Also find him and his podcast, Short Box Summary, on podcast services. What? It's a it's a 4th of July weekend before or <laughs> in front of us as we record this. Do you guys have a free hour this weekend? Preferably at the same time so we can just bang out Young Avengers. Just get it. The people have been begging for it i quite might potentially sunday evening okay sunday sunday <laughs> cool. evening. so the, the one time i can't okay <laughs> right, we'll lock. 
I just wanted I wanted the pressure of a of an audience and, and us recording <laughs> to really cement plans, but we'll figure out the time. We'll yeah, figure out the time. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. You can send in any questions, comments, and concerns to bit.ly slash frame skip q or our Twitter page frame skip or at frame skip podcast. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I'm forgetting. I don't believe. Like us, rate us, give us a review on the podcast service of your choice. Yeah. Smash like, that like button. Smash that like button. Uh, ding G- that bell. Gently press that like button. No pressure, whatever you're into. <laughs> no pressure. Lightly press. It wouldn't take much pressure. Just, yeah. Okay. And we will see y'all next week. Until then. Good night, listeners. Good night.